Hey, Pepin. Yo, 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 yo. How do you... Well, I've been thinking a lot lately about how to live forever. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Don't they say, like, fame? I guess so. Like, if you're, like, super cool and stuff, like Alexander the Great, I mean, he's going to be a name that's going to be, like, around until, like, the end of humanity, I think. So do you think I need to put the Great in my name? Or is it implied? Uh, well, it's implied. I mean, it's just uh, implicit, right? Because you say meter, and meter is synonymous with greatness. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's there. But my that greatness will replicate forever, right? Well, I, I think it replicates so long as it replicates through people. Like, that's be some sort of reason people connect your name to greatness. Like, like people have to repeat the name meter over and over again for it to replicate. Okay, do we, are we doing that right now, then? Yes. Okay. Meter, meter. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, we we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo. I'm doing well, Meter. How you doing? I'm not too bad. It seemed like you were laughing when you realized I was moving forward with the episode. Were you not expecting us to keep that uh, that initial opening? Or? Uh, no, no, no. I, I was just very surprised that you had like the welcome, but it's like, welcome. Like you put a little oh, yeah. excerpts in the w. There was a little bit of English on the ball, huh? <sighs> It was very nice. I gotta, I gotta say that. A little, little bit of topspin, mm. topspin. Top so there's this thing on the internet that I learned about. It's called a mem, a mem, mem a meme. Is that uh, it? Uh, oh, you mean a meme? Yeah, a meme, which is a French grandmother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And apparently, they live forever. Is uh, it like something about being French? I think it's something about. When something gets big, it's just gonna keep producing itself. Uh, okay. Like it gets, it's like a virus. It gets in someone's head, and then, or like an earworm. Like it gets in somebody's head, and then it just replicates itself. Like you're not trying to replicate it, but it is kind of going from person to person. Mm-hmm. This this bit of mispronouncing it isn't funny, so I'm gonna drop it. But. <laughs> How do I become a meme, Nathan? Uh, how? Yeah, how do I become a meme? Well, let's just kind of define what a meme is more generally, because I, I think there is like a online interpretation of the meme, but mm -hmm. I think there's more general interpretation, which might be more applicable. All right, let me, I'm, I want to call in an expert. Do you mind if I make a quick phone call? Sure. Okay, I'm going to call um, the head of the Church of Memeology. What is it? So meme uh, what's the meme science meme place uh memetics yeah yeah the delegation of memetics or oh oh wait oh i think that's me right there so yeah hold on i'll get you on the phone okay ring ring hello this is uh, uh nathan church of memetics oh hey nathan you're live on we need to talk with meter and pepin uh, we wanted to ask you about memes. What's a meme? Oh, okay. I can explain that. Let me just hang up the phone here because this is getting awkward to hold. So, oh, okay. But 
Bye. Love you. So a meme is what I see to be like a unit of cultural replication. And that sounds a little bit confusing, but essentially you have like information and information is processed data. So you have data, which is just like the temperature or something like that. But, you know, you get information from that. You process it and you assign some sort of meaning to it. And then essentially with information, it can pass from one person to another. And the kind of rules and mechanics through which that processes are memes or the memes is the thing that transfers and the memetics is study of the transfers of those memes. And it's, it's much in the same way of genes. So the word meme came from Richard Dawkins uh, when he wrote the book, The Selfish Gene. And he wrote about how genes kind of propagate and they have these natural selection sort of effects and how they go from species to species and kind of like proliferate and kind of do these different things. So it's, it's kind of a similar idea to a gene in the same way it propagates, but it's more just like, it, it doesn't propagate through natural selection in, in like, like the classical way because the entity is not necessarily, or the entity producing it is not necessarily the thing that is the thing. Like in the gene, it's the kind of uh, the survival machine, the, the creature that's producing, reproducing the meme. But here it's more like a layer on top of that where the human is the one who's reproducing that meme and kind of transferring it from person to person and also within themselves. They're, they are replicating itself. That's probably way too confusing, so I'll let you dumb that down. So a meme is something that replicates just for the sake of replication. Like there's, mm. it's not necessarily, it doesn't have anything to do with survival of the fittest. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with anything other than the fact that a meme just replicates and that's what it does. Mm -hmm. Something that repeats. Right. A, a way of kind of looking at it is that in the beginning, there was just information, mm -hmm. but information just replicated, you know, like however, whatever, right? There ended up being certain information that happened to replicate in greater quantities than other information. And that information started to gain an advantage over the unprocessed information. And then that's what caused memes. Because it's kind of the same thing with creatures. Like you have kind of a little bit of chaos, but as things progress over time, you can get a natural selection sort of effects where it selects for, say, memes that will tend to reproduce more. And then you get those kind of effects where they kind of re like kind of like constrain themselves. And so it, it's, it's in the, in the effect, it doesn't reproduce for any other reason than itself, but that's created just by the effectiveness of replication to begin with. Replication for replication sake. Uh, I have here the Bible um, and it says in the beginning there were memes, mm -hmm. but this is, this is one of the greatest memes of all time, right? I think so arguably the greatest meme ever written down is the bible the, the, there's some sort of argument for that uh I, the replications I, I, and then the the changes to it and the like new ways that it's done i remember watching an episode of recess uh that old cartoon on one saturday morning that was a uh that was about the episode the um the king that uh cut the baby in half or was going to or whatever mm -hmm. like that whole deal and that was an episode of recess so like it replicates this this meme of the bible replicates and the stories within replicate all through time all through any genre like any show that ever has any length to it will have an episode featuring a story from the bible at some point mm-hmm mm-hmm 
And, and whether you claim it's a story from the Bible, a story from a greater context, that that's also a thing there. Because there's like the general... So we take that story of uh, Samson and Delilah. Is, no, is that mm-hmm. right? No, whatever one you were talking about with the, the baby cutting in half. Okay, yeah. So, so that's a very specific story from the Bible. But then there's kind of other stories like that in similar culture or other cultures that kind of get produced. Or you kind of take the one of Moses, right? So you have mm-hmm. Moses who is abandoned as a baby, is picked up, becomes a king and everything. Uh, that mm-hmm. actually came from a real story of uh, Sargon of Akkad, uh, who was, a, was an ancient Mesopotamian ruler or something like that. Or fr- from the land of Akkad, I don't know. But uh, it, it's like that was a meme and it's reproduced in these many different contexts. So you kind of have like the base thing there, but then you have kind of the meta. And a lot of times these mythical sorts of things are, they, they, they do so well because they kind of hit at something that's very internal to us and it's kind of resonate. Like it has a resonant frequency within our brains and that's what we're picking up. And in some sort of ways, the Bible does a lot to hit these resonant frequencies, maybe not in a more modern context because a lot of people don't resonate with these old stories. But then again, at the same time, there's a lot there. Like the story of uh, Caleb and, uh, what was it? C- Caleb... Who's the shit? I've got my biblical stuff. But the story of the brother who killed the other brother towards the beginning. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. So that story is one that is, is replicating throughout time. And you can actually look at a lot of stories there in the modern day where they're actually kind of taking that story, maybe making some changes to it, but it's still the same thing. Mm-hmm, the same at the core. So the important thing for a meme to be really good at replicating is it needs to be hashtag relatable. Uh hashtag resonant but yes relatable might be the thing okay so what's the difference between resonant and relatable because resonant is like an inherent property to you right Uh so like something might resonate with you but it's nothing that you're doing like like like, uh the way to put it is a someone who's an alcoholic Mm -hmm. like alcohol resonates with them because you know it gets inside of them and kind of just gets their body kind of going in sync with it uh whereas relatable is kind of more like your own personal experience and thoughts on it. Like this person has the issue with alcohol or that relationship with alcohol that's independent of their thoughts on it. It just kind of makes them kind of do that thing. Whereas I think relatable is more like, like it's, it's kind of like more individualistic, but that's me being super hyper specific. So a good name, uh, just quick shout out, Langel in chat uh, says, hi guys. Hey, Langel, thank you so much for tuning in on this beautiful Saturday morning afternoon. Um, so you're saying it either needs to be hashtag relatable or hashtag big mood. P- big mood. One of those two, right? Uh, yes. Either relatable on like a mental level or relatable on like a phys- like a feeling level that maybe ah. you're not actively thinking about. Yes, that's that's a much better way to put it than I did. Nate, I'm trying to talk on terms that all of them Zooms are going to get. <laughs> is, is that what you call them, Zoomers? Is it because they all use Zoom? Yes, it's because they were brought up using Zoom, and that's how they are all they all relate to each other. <laughs> it's through Zoom. I was just going to ask you what your thoughts were on... Love them. Love them? Love them. What was this question? <laughs> So what are your kind of thoughts on memes? Because now we've kind of differed on yeah. the definitions of it. Uh-huh. Because there's like, like what oh, I say. No, I, I bow down to whatever your definition is. You are the professor of memeology. There's no, there's no question. Uh, uh, you, you know, I think memes are dangerous, but I love them. 
I had somebody tell me once, long time ago, this was before memes were like a, a real pop culture word. It wasn't part of the, the collective consciousness to use memes. And I had somebody tell me, if you ever want to take somebody down online, memes are the greatest and most powerful weapon on the internet and they are dangerous and they can be used uh they can be used as a weapon mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that at the time i was like this guy is fucked and now today i'm like dude that guy was fucked because he was so right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean if you consider it like realistically your reputation is just a meme. Mm -hmm. It's just people's perception of you that kind of like replicate. And what's mm -hmm. weird is that your reputation can replicate from person to person without them ever meeting you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when my reputation precedes me. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So the problem with that is granted it's normal replication state, you know, like mechanism that it kind of goes through. If someone starts to put in stuff into the pipeline or start replicating stuff that is not true about you, or maybe it's true but put in a bad light, or who knows what. Maybe it's it's true and it's bad and makes you look bad, right? Mm -hmm. That can quickly destroy your reputation. And there's many different circumstances where maybe it's true and maybe it's a bad thing, right? So how do you protect that reputation? Can you memes. really? Oh. No? No, I thought, you, I thought memes was the answer. M memes? Yeah, you protect yourself with memes. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, so you got to make a meme about, you got to use either the current functioning meme that's like most popular, one that's on the rise, or one that has stood the test of time and maybe needs to be brought back and use it to defend yourself against this onslaught of attacks by either tearing down the other person who's trying to tear you down or uh, creating a shareable meme that uh is actually telling the opposite story telling your own story about what the truth is hmm you have to battle rumors with memes hmm see i'm trying to like place that to like an example and i think mm -hmm. there's some truth there because uh w one thing i'm thinking about is like in a lot of these japanese animes i've seen there's this idea that you fight like negativity with negativity like, mm -hmm. like the best way to fight a curse is with another curse mm -hmm. and it's kind of the same sort of thing but uh i guess what other mechanism would you have to fight against a meme against you besides you know a another meme mm -hmm. but are you saying it's more like argumentative like let's say let's say i try to destroy john's reputation by mm -hmm. um I, I don't know saying that he never went to college and he got mm -hmm. this job you know un unjustly mm -hmm. but then john comes back on me and says uh you know nate is a doo-doo head and people hear that and they're like oh okay well let's forget anything that uh, nate just said john just destroyed nate like that means more powerful so that's what people actually replicate instead of the other stuff yeah either the the counter to the person who's doing that if there's a singular source but if it's gotten to the point or it's somebody anonymous and the thing is like uh you're trying to tear down somebody's trying to tear down john and say john's a bad boss then you might post a meme of uh, a picture of people celebrating with uh 
macro of uh, everybody when John comes into work. And mm-hmm. then that, that's the meme that people share is like people being celebrating because John's at work. So it's counteracting the meme with a different meme that has the opposite message. Mm-hmm. I see. And then it's hard to integrate the two memes together. Yeah, well, then they're directly against each other, and whichever one's the better meme's going to win, so you just need to be really good at memes. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose there's the the other aspect of that, like, talking about, like, politics, mm-hmm. where oftentimes different memes replicate different in different communities. Like, you can imagine that sort of thing, where, I, I've seen it, where a politician does something, maybe messes up, and then they try to spin it in a way and kind of show themselves like in front of people, like we fight for blah, blah, blah. And then they got, yeah. just got the square and stuff. And then in the community they're trying to appeal to, people are like, oh, yes, they're, you know, may have messed up here, but they're making things better. Look at him. He's trying his hardest. Uh-huh. And then the other community be like, oh, this cover up is so lame and just so base. Like it reverberates different ways in these different places. Yeah. Langell's actually kind of touching on that right now in chat. He says, memes are kind of like political ad commercials when used in attack formats. They are quick and to the point and not necessarily true, but people will believe what they see and like. And that kind of matches what you're saying there is if it fits their narrative, they're going to share that shit. And if it doesn't, then they will probably share the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we we have seen that all the way all across the board when people um, when somebody does something and then one side posts one thing and one side posts another thing. And it's just, it's kind of ridiculous that the meme fits. And now can a meme, would a meme ever change your mind, Nathan? It does all the time. I mean, we we can talk about like, uh, anything that changes your mind is probably going to be a meme in some sort of respect. So there's like the Mm -hmm. high level end, but if you mean, if it's just like a base meme that, yeah, yeah. Because what happens to me often is, like, uh, I ignore stuff. I get really annoyed. With, like, I think my mechanism for not paying attention to things is just being, like, fed up with it. Like, uh-huh. ah, I'm sick of hearing about this crap. Just, just stop pestering me with, with this information. And eventually some things, like, get in there and just kind of keep replicating in my brain. I just keep thinking about it. And then eventually you kind of just, okay, this makes sense, sure. So I'd say, yeah. So are you saying you're making your own memes by ignoring memes oh well yeah that, that's the, that's the unit of replicate or that's how memes replicate is that essentially it goes from one person to the other and then there's the memogenesis where mm-hmm. you kind of take that you try to like internalize it and try to reconstruct it and mm-hmm. maybe your construction's not accurate all the times but yeah. eventually if you reconstruct it well enough that starts to reverberate you know inside you and then it starts yeah. replicating so it's more like you're putting a seed there or spore let's say a seed and eventually grows and then starts replicating within yourself yeah and then you get a meme tree Mm -hmm. and sometimes that meme will actually not be the same meme that's you know started just just mutation there and this often happens you know know, a lot of times like that game of telephone like one person says one thing to the other you know that's maybe an information process sort of thing because the information may not be completely accurate but you can even think of like, uh, there's an example of Karl Marx, and he was a big study of Hegel. And then he wrote a lot of his uh, communist type stuff from his understanding of Hegel. But his understanding of Hegel was actually kind of kind of off of what Hegel was actually saying. Hmm. Now, in that case, it, it is Marx wrong because he misunderstood Hegel? Well, 
no, is Hegel wrong because he was misinterpreted or, you know, you can get kind of weird with that. But really, there's just the genesis there. And what Marx understood from Hegel may have not been what Hegel actually meant, but it still sprouted something else. Mm. And it's kind of still from that basis. It's a weird example, but that happens all the time. You misunderstand you, something. Have you ever, and, and that kind of leads me to my, to my next question, which is, have you ever seen a meme that's so good it can fit both ends of the narrative simultaneously? I think so. Like ones that ones that like are so drastically one like one sided and obvious that they become a parody of its of themselves. So like there's this one that I'm thinking of that was when Bernie Sanders was running for president and it was a picture of Bernie Sanders like what like caricaturesque holding a hammer and a sickle out wide with a rainbow in the background as the background. And he was screaming, uh, I love gay marriage. Everyone has to be gay. Now everybody has a husband. You're my husband. And it was so far like over dramatic. This is what the right wing think that Bernie Sanders is that it almost wraps around to being left wing propaganda of being like, you want to cheer this on because it's so absurd like this is anti it's so right wing it's anti right wing mm-hmm. like it's and that's the point when some when a meme circles around and fits both narratives and neither narratives simultaneously mm-hmm. that that's something there's an effect that some person named after but it's like something like uh the more heavy you get with satire the harder it is to tell if it's actually real or not uh and I think a instance of some of that sort of stuff is like with uh, the Onion. Uh, the Onion is like a fake news network, and the best pieces from the Onion, like you could show that either side or either kind of any opinion, and you might get a different take out of it. You might think, oh, they were they were owned right there, right? And that's where I think it's kind of interesting. But those are those are always super interesting that like you can play both sides of the fence with the same image, and I love that meme because it's so absurd uh but maybe that's me liking just absurd things in the first place a lot of the artists that i follow um just do absurd like caricatures of real things or like dumbed down versions of a real thing that just becomes funny and satire in and of itself Mm mm-hmm uh, to get a little bit political here, I mean, oh, n- not weighing in on ideas here. Uh oh. But uh, I think a lot of what Trump was doing was very meme based. Definitely. There's also a meta meme there too, because I think what made Trump super effective in getting, say, publicity was the fact that he was stirring pots. Uh, I don't know the way to put it, but he was very good about saying things that not only would invigorate the his opposition to go crazy on him, but also to invigorate his, you know, say supporters too. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just it it just kind of reverberated between both groups, but for different reasons. And he was mm-hmm. very good at that. And similarly, he's able to coin phrases just out of nowhere, like uh, Sleepy Joe, or there's one for like Ted Cruz, uh, mm-hmm. or Jeb Bush. He had these like different little phrases where, like, like I hate to say it, but whenever I think of those people that just comes to my head just cause it's catchy. Like mm. that, that meme affected me, you know, whether I agree or disagree with it. He definitely weaponized memes, but it was kind of like in a high school way where like 
so you give somebody a shitty nickname and that sticks with them forevermore just because a it's catchy and b the reaction of the people so like i think that was a big part of it is mm-hmm. trump was able to give like nicknames to people that would like you're saying take the opposition and piss them off and people loved getting that reaction out of people so they perpetuated the meme mm-hmm. so he was really good at making memes that perpetuated themselves mm-hmm. maybe the way to put that would be that they're primal memes mm. they don't appeal to like your your higher senses but more mm. your low level senses yeah your your uh lizard brain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this is a type of, of dumbed down like artist stuff that i think is very very good it's it's this very basic crude drawing of Sonic and it just says must go instead of his catchphrase of gotta go fast. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's this is very, very funny. What makes it funny to you? I don't know. I don't know. I can put it into words. It's just very funny. And I love like I seek out that type of uh, content because I think I just think it's stupidly funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What kind of catches me off guard with some uh, memes are just like when they don't quite make sense or they're slightly different than what you expect and it just, it just replicates in your head. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, remember that meme back in the day where it's like, but who was phone? No. No, okay. So there's a big 4chan meme where it's a public story about someone who called and blah, 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 and explained a couple of things. But then the end's like, but who was phone? Right, right? And grammatically, the statement doesn't quite make sense. Right. But people just took that part and just started just memifying it. And it's one of those things where still to this day, I think sometimes, but who was phone? Just out of the blue. I pulled out a meme the other day from an old YouTube video about Jimmy Neutron. And it's like, at one point it just goes, the pizza is aggressive, like in a robot voice. And that is just very funny. But I think the the funny thing about the, the but who is phone and the pizza is aggressive is out of context. It is as funny, if not funnier than when you actually know the context. Like it's, it's memeable, even if you don't know where it originated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Rick Astley and the uh, uh, the Rickroll meme, mm-hmm. which I have gripes about a little bit, N- not because of the meme itself, but because... Mm-hmm. We've talked about this for sure. <laughs> Did we talk about it on the show? We have, but go ahead, because it's been a long time. Okay. Okay. So I was going to share the story on this podcast, but... Uh, you know, let's break this into a second part because uh, I burnt through the episodes way too fast in the last couple of weeks. So, hey, next time on We Need to Talk, we go into Rick Astley and more memes because we need to talk. <laughs>